0: Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Well, as we dive right in to God's word, again, I want to welcome you. And if you're new, man, our prayer again is that you will just have a wonderful experience and pray that you would make this more than a holiday tradition but a weekly experience in your life just to know that God loves you and he cares about you and has a plan for you and if you would be willing to dive into that and surrender to that I believe your life would change in a powerful way I want to welcome those of you joining us online wherever you're tuning in thank you for joining us as well there's probably been a season in your life where you've gone through something difficult Uh, Everyone at some time or another faces some type of challenge, some type of tragedy, uh, a situation that seems maybe insurmountable in our lives, and maybe you've been told, don't get your hopes up. Maybe you've been told, and and maybe you're here tonight, and, and someone has said there's no hope for you, for your marriage, for your children, for the situation you're in, for your health. There's no hope. But today I'm telling you that no matter how you walked in here, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what you're facing, that you can get your hopes up. That you can get your hopes up. Why don't you, in fact, just look at your neighbor and just just tell them right away, not just from me, but from you, say, get your hopes up tonight. Get your hopes up. Because of what Easter means, there is hope for all of us tonight. There's a story in scripture of a woman who actually goes nameless and She's written through the Gospels, and she was in a hopeless situation, maybe like you're in tonight. And one encounter with Jesus changed everything for her. I want to look at Mark's account today, and so the scripture will be on the screen. You can also follow along in the Adventure Church app if you have that on your phone. All of the notes are in there. The scripture's in there. You can take additional notes if you'd like. But in Mark chapter 5, it starts out like this. Verse 25, it says, a woman in the crowd that Jesus, again, had created quite the following at this time. His fame was growing. He was healing people. And, and it was getting out. So there was a crowd of Jesus following people. And, and, and in the crowd, there, there was a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She was hemorrhaging. She had suffered a great deal at the hand of many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had, all of her money to pay them, and she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And in this time period, in Leviticus 13, this woman was, was considered to be ceremonially unclean. That means that, that no one could, could get close to her, that she was in isolation. And, and because she was incurable and, and she was searching for answers and searching for a solution to her problem, she had become hopeless in a situation. Can you imagine having a, an, an ailment for 12 years that not just caused you physical pain and, and distress, but that had isolated you from people that you loved. Because of the law at that time, she could have no husband. She then had no children. That she literally was in isolation. She was labeled incurable. The doctors had said, there's no hope for your situation. We've tried everything that we know to do, and we can't help you. I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can do. Desperate times call for desperate measures, though, don't they? How many of you maybe find yourself in a desperate situation tonight? You're desperate. You're desperate for change. You're desperate for hope. This woman, 12 years as an outcast, 12 years being untouchable, no love and affection from anyone, literally sitting probably in a home, staring at the walls because of her situation. And for all intents and purpose, she was literally as good as dead, spent everything she had, tried everything she could to find healing, to find hope, but only grew worse. Maybe that's what you've tried. Maybe for as long as you can remember, you've looked for hope in all the wrong places, that you thought The status would give you the fulfillment you've been longing for. That would give you the healing that you needed in your heart and in your soul. Maybe it was success. Maybe it was sex or drugs and alcohol and money. I mean, we can let the list go on that this world says will fill you up. That will give you hope. And this woman had tried it all and was without hope. She couldn't fix her situation. She had run out of options. It said, your faith begins where man's options end. Where your faith has to kick in. Where you've literally run out of options. You can't do anything else to change your spouse. They are the way they are. You've tried everything. They're not changing. You've tried everything you can to, to get your financial situation to a place where, where you can make it. And, and, and you're running out of options. You're running out of time. You've tried everything you can to get that teenager or that child to really get their life together. And to, to get a purpose and, and, and to find significance. And, and you can't fix your situation. You see, you can't fix or fill a problem that only God was meant to fix, that only God was meant to heal. This woman had tried everything she could, but then there was a glimmer of hope. It says in verse 27 that she had heard about Jesus. She heard about this guy who had been healing people of of leprosy, who people had never walked before, were now walking because of what this man was doing, and so it said In the crowd of people, she, again, she was unclean. She couldn't even be around people, much less go up to a rabbi and plead her case like the others who needed healing could. They would come to him and say, Jesus, this is my situation, will you help me? She wasn't even allowed to get close to someone like Jesus. But she wasn't going to allow that to keep her from the hope that she had. It says, so she came up behind Jesus through the crowd and she touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. You see, she had heard there was hope. She was seeking hope, maybe like you are tonight. You're seeking for something different. It's Easter, so someone invited you to come to church. or Maybe you've been coming to church for a long time, but you, you're, you're hoping something can change in your life. What's interesting in this story, if you rewind a little bit to the beginning of chapter 5, Jesus was actually on his way to help someone else. Jairus' daughter was, was dying, and Jairus was a man of, of influence and, and significance, and so he approached Jesus, and, and, and he said, Jesus, I need you to come to my house. My daughter, she's a teenager. She's fell ill. We're, we're running around out of options, and I've heard you can raise the dead. Can you come help my little girl? And for whatever reason, with all the people around him, Jesus said, let's go to your house. So Jesus was on his way to help someone else, but this woman still had enough faith to think, maybe he can help me. Maybe you're here and you go, well, Jesus can help other people, Kyle, but he can't help me. You don't know my situation. I've seen him help other people. I've seen him, you know, other Christians. And I've, I've read their, their social media statuses. And I've seen how God has blessed them. He can't bless me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. He can help everyone, but he can't help me. But this woman had the kind of faith where she believed the opposite. She said, if he can do it for others, maybe he can do it for me, too. And if I can just get close enough, I know I can't touch him because the law demands that I not, but, but if I could just get close enough just to touch the hem of his garment, if I could just get the end of his robe, maybe I could be made whole like he's done for others. You see, Jesus couldn't touch her, but she could touch him. And so she fought through the crowd. She fought through the, the, the label that was put on her as an outcast. And maybe tonight you've been labeled something by someone years ago and it's kept you from pursuing God the way that you know you need to. It's kept you from seeking hope the way that God has for you. You see, she couldn't touch Jesus, but, but there was something in this woman because of 12 years, she was desperate. She was willing to fight through. And sometimes we need a faith that's willing to fight. That's not just going to sit back and, and let Jesus pass us by. It's not going to sit back and let this moment pass us by that says, hey, there's someone who can offer me hope. And I've seen him do it for others. And maybe I just need to believe that he can do it for me. Maybe he can heal my marriage. Maybe he can do the miracle that I need. But you got to be willing to fight for your faith. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to fight. you got to fight. You can't just sit back. It's not a passive thing. Faith is an active thing. It's it's when our faith gets active that it becomes effective. and, and, And maybe there's some resistance to what you're trying to get through. She was fighting through a crowd of people. She wasn't allowed to be near him, but she said, I gotta get near Jesus. I gotta fight through the crowd. And maybe tonight your faith needs a little fight. Nothing grows without resistance, right? Your marriage won't grow without resistance, this church won't grow without resistance your purpose, your dream, faith needs resistance in order to grow, in order to get strong, but you got to be willing to fight through the crowd. Maybe the crowd tonight is the facts. You got to fight through the crowd of facts that sometimes the facts of our present circumstances stand in clear cont- contradiction of our hope. The facts are saying it's not impossible. It won't happen. It can't happen for you. And you got to get rid of the facts. You got to fight through what the doctor said. You got to fight through those things to get close to Jesus. Maybe you got to fight through the crowd of your feelings. That you just feel like God can't help you. That you're too far gone. That, that I've always had this issue, Kyle. It's been years. How, how do you think I can change? I've always struggled with alcohol. I, I, I needed to sleep. There's no way that God could heal me from that. There's, there's, there's no hope for me. You got to fight through the crowd of your feelings. You got to fight through the crowd of your failures, the, the past failures that come back to haunt us and cause us to lose hope that, that you're down and out. You've always had anxiety. Your mom was that way. Your grandma was that way. You'll always worry. Everybody in your family fights depression, so you're gonna have to just live with it. You're down and out. You're, you're not a good parent. You, you're, you're not a person that, can, that, that is worthy of receiving love from someone else. And our past failures have, have kind of disqualified us from thinking that God can do something in our life. Maybe it's not your failures, maybe it's your fears. Maybe you've been around Jesus, but you've been too afraid to get close to him. Because someone told you that for some reason God was mad at you. That God was disappointed in you because of what you've done, because of your past, because of what you've gone through, and And and, and someone said at one point that that God doesn't love you, that that God's mad at you. But let me tell you, what Easter means is God is not mad at you, he's mad about you. That God loved you enough that he was willing to send his son to die for you while you were yet a sinner. Knowing fully what you were going to do, knowing fully far in advance of what you were going to do at the beginning of your life. And he knows what you're going to do at the end of your life. And despite that, he still loved you enough to be willing to die. Your failures and fears can't disqualify you. Jesus is approachable. He won't reject you. He loves you. He'll receive you just as you are. This woman wasn't going to let anything keep her from the only hope that she had left. So she reached out. She fought through the crowd. She grabbed on to Jesus' robe. And it says, immediately the bleeding stopped. Can you imagine being in that situation? What is your 12-year battle that you've been in? Can you imagine an immediate healing? Isn't that amazing? That immediately her situation changed. She had tried everything for years. Nothing could fix her. Nothing could help her. But one moment, one encounter with Jesus, and immediately she was healed. It said the bleeding stopped. It said she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. You see, where men had failed, Christ succeeded. Christ did immediately what 12 years of doctor's visits couldn't do. Tonight, I, I feel like someone needs to hear this. That you've, you go, it's been 12 years of bad decisions, Kyle. It's, been, it's actually been longer than that. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the hope that we have in Jesus is that it's not going to take you as long to get out of your situation as it took you to get into it. Immediately, it can change. Immediately you can be delivered. I've seen the power of God work in my family where drug addictions were immediately gone. Years of addiction, God took it. He can do it for you. In Luke 18, 27, Jesus said this, what is impossible for people is still possible with God. He's the God of impossible. He's the God that's still in the miracle working business and tonight there's hope for you. You see, In our culture, if a a person suffers from an illness for a long time and they delay the doctor, they don't go to the doctor. There's a fear of going to the doctor. So they delay it, they delay it, and then finally they go to the doctor and the doctor usually would say, if you just would have come to me sooner, I, I could have helped you. But it's too late now. You waited too long. Tonight I want you to know that however long you've waited, the grace of God says that he can still heal you. That in one moment he can forgive you. That if it's your last breath that you breathe, a life full of sin can be erased in one moment of confession, of repentance before God. It's never too late for him. Even if he's your last resort, it's never too late. He receives you no matter what. I love March Madness. How many of you love this time of year, right? The tournament, you're trying to get home. I'm going to get you to the game. Don't worry, you'll be out of here. Right, you're excited about March Madness. Last night, I was, I, you know, I was watching the, the women's final four that's right here in Columbus, and I just, I actually fell asleep watching it and woke up and, and saw, you know, UConn came back, hadn't lost all year, tied the game, went to overtime, and Notre Dame hits the last second shot to beat UConn, the you know, the powerhouse of the last decade in women's college basketball just amazing I I love the buzzer beater shot I love in college football when you throw up a Hail Mary and the game ends a different way than people thought it was going to right it's fun it's exciting and and I want to tell you that that God is a buzzer beater kind of God it's never too late for him I think he likes the excitement I think he likes showing up right at the end of time I think last night he was watching that game going I love that I love it. And some of you are like, I wish he'd show up a little sooner. I wish he was the God of the third quarter or the, or the first half. But, but I don't know why. It seems like he's showing up late. And I don't know if it's because of the excitement or what. But no matter what happens, God is still in the game. The clock has never run out. And if you still have breath in your lungs, if you still have life left to live, I'm telling you, there's still hope for you. There's still hope for your situation. You see, the disciples thought Jesus was dead. On Good Friday, it was over. Because they thought Jesus was going to do what dead people normally do, stay dead. So they went back to their day jobs. They literally went back to fishing. These men were like, it's over. Man, I thought he was, gonna, I thought he was the king. I thought he was going to be this. But God's, God's the God of the buzzer beater. Three days later, we know the story. He came back from the dead. He defeated death. He defeated hell. He defeated the grave. And tonight, I'm telling you, if there's time on the clock, there is hope for you because Jesus is alive, because he defeated death. Even the thief on the cross, think about that. This man was a thief deserving death and punishment. And Jesus looked over at him because he submitted, because he saw Jesus for who he was and said, Lord, would you please think of me? Jesus said, son, today you'll be with me in paradise. He had barely any time left. He was dying on the cross next to Jesus. And Jesus said, man, it's not too late. It's never too late for me. I'm the God of overtime. I'm the God of the buzzer beater. There's hope for you. In Mark 5, it says, that the time Jesus, in verse 30, at the time Jesus realized that the power had gone out for him. So he turned around to the crowd and he said, who touched my robe? The disciples looked at him. And as you study this, it says they were kind of rebuking Jesus. And they they said, Jesus, uh, do you see the crowd? What do you mean? How can you ask who touched me? Look at all these people. Jesus, you want us to figure out which one touched you? But Jesus goes, no, this was different. Someone that was desperate touched me. Someone that's been suffering a long time touched me. And for whatever reason, Jesus had... Some sympathy for this woman beyond the other needs of those around him. And remember, he was on his way to help someone else. And in the midst of his appointment with someone else, he stops. It goes on in verse 32, it says, but he kept on looking around. Jesus is looking, he knew something happened, and finally the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what happened to her. And why is she afraid? Because she wasn't allowed to touch him. She didn't know what was going to happen. Since she came and fell on her knees in front of Jesus. She told him what she had done. And he said to this, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Because this woman was willing to make a move to fight through the crowd of her failures and her fears and her feelings and the facts of her situation because she was willing to press through, Jesus took notice of this woman. Tonight I'm telling you, if you're desperate enough, you'll make a move. If you're tired of the situation you're in, listen, hope's passing by tonight. Jesus is here. He's passing by. And you have an opportunity to make a move. And suddenly, immediately your situation might change too. Do you have that kind of hope? He said, who touched me? You see, he didn't touch her, she touched him. And he said, your faith healed you. Your action, your ability to press through the crowd, that is what made you whole. It wasn't what I did that made you whole, it's what you did. Her faith was active, and because of that, it became effective. And listen, your situation won't change unless you're willing to make a move to hope's available it's here Jesus died he came back to life for you because he loves you because he created you because he knows you but he's not going to force his way into your situation he's waiting for you to come to him I love talking about my kids and I do so just about every message but for the sake of time today I have no funny Maddox O'Reilly story for you so I apologize for that but I love talking about my kids you want to know why Because I helped create them. Because they're my blood. Because it's my son. Because it's my daughter. Because I love them. Because I'm proud of them. Because they're mine. And with this woman, notice, he didn't say woman. What did Jesus call her? He said daughter. You see, in this moment, Jesus didn't just heal her physical condition. He healed her emotional condition. He healed her spiritual condition. She was in isolation. She was spiritually dead. She experienced this death day after day that had ruined her life. And Jesus wasn't trying to expose her. He was trying to heal her. She had a longing to belong. A longing to be called daughter again. A longing to be a part of a family again. And she went from isolation to affirmation immediately when Jesus said, Hey, daughter. You're my kid. I love you. These people, they outcasted you. I will never do that. You don't ever have to be afraid to come to me. You go in peace. Your suffering, it's over. It's over. You see, she was, at the beginning of the story, a woman. Then Jesus said, somebody touched me. She went from a, just a woman, from a nobody, to a somebody, to a daughter. Of the Son of God. He said your suffering is over. And your suffering can end too. When Jesus hung on the cross. He said it's finished. What I came to do has been accomplished. Now we can have life and life to the full. I love what the late Billy Graham said. He said that God proved his love on the cross. When Christ hung and when he bled and he died. It was God saying to the world. I love you. And tonight, you need to know that. Despite whatever you've done, despite whatever you're going through, God loves you. The band's coming. We're going to close out. And because of Easter, because of what we celebrate today, I'm trying to tell you, and I hope that I've done a good enough job to, to convince you that hope is alive. He's alive and well. He's living in heaven. He's present in the, in the heart of every believer The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is available to live inside of those who will embrace what Jesus offers. Listen, hope is available to you, but you gotta be willing to grab hold of it. She had to grab hold of her hope. She wasn't just gonna let it pass by. She had to fight through the crowd of people, the fears, the failures, the facts, her feelings to grab hold of Jesus. She had to grab hold of it. And once she got hold of it, that's when everything changed. Hebrews says that, therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. There's a phrase that says, I'm holding out hope. It means I'm waiting. I'm holding out. I'm waiting for God to do something, and tonight, I want to tell you, maybe you, can, you need to stop waiting, and you need to make a move. You need to stop waiting on God to do something, and you need to make a move yourself. You've got to grab hope. You've got to grab hold of it. It's available. Don't hold out for hope. Grab a hold of it. Quit holding out. Hold on to it. Jesus said it's available if you're willing to grab hold of it. But in order to do that, we got to get our eyes off our situation. We got to get our eyes off our promise. We got to get our eyes on Jesus. You see, Jesus was enabled, the scripture says, to endure the crucifixion because he was focused on the resurrection. It said, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And tonight, I want to tell you get your eyes off your problem, get them on Jesus. Hope's here, hope's available you got to reach out for it, though. you got to grab hold of it. You see, today we celebrate that the death, hell, and the grave have been defeated. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And the same power that had the ability, Scripture says, to raise Christ from the dead is now inside you and me. That we have that kind of power to overcome sin, to overcome debt, to save your marriage, to break the bondage of addiction. But you got to be willing to press through the crowd. you got to fight through your feelings tonight. you got to get your eyes off your problem and get your eyes on your hope. you got to get your eyes on Jesus. Hope's alive. Hope's available. Tonight, don't let it pass by. Would you stand with me? We're going to worship together one more time. Tonight, worship your way to Jesus. Worship is where the warfare happens in our spirit. It's where you fight through your emotions, what you're feeling. You you lay it aside for a second. You go, Jesus, I want to press through. We're going to sing a song called Hope is Alive. And as we do that tonight, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, fight through. Have a faith that's willing to fight. Make a move tonight. Don't sit back. Don't let this moment pass you by. This could be the last moment you got. Twelve years could be gone. Twenty years could be gone. Immediately, in an instant, One encounter with Jesus, it can change everything. Be willing to fight tonight. Be willing to worship your way. Get your eyes off your your problems. Get them on our promise. Jesus, tonight we focus on you. We love you. We're so grateful for the hope that we have in you. And I pray in this moment, God, that you would do what only you can do. Beyond my words, beyond this message, God, that the Spirit of God would breathe life and hope to those who are searching for it tonight. In Jesus' name.